0: Welcome, one and all, to Picard, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Star Trek universe. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Bonjour, Pete.
1: I am the evolution of Stardust. Picard, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, for episode 205, Fly Me to the Moon, comes to you now via Spleen in a Box.
0: Pete, here we are, uh, busy podcast weekend. Uh, we, of course, uh, covered the first episode of Moon Knight over on our Pop Culture Podcast feed and our uh, dedicated Moon Knight feed yesterday, really enjoying digging into that series.
1: Yes, Uh little more than halfway through Picard here, Matt, and just starting that out. Check it out over on Apple Podcasts. Throw us a quick rating when you do.
0: And, of course, looking ahead as well to the Premiere, uh, Pete, not this month, but next month of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, that of course will be happening same day as the Picard uh, season finale, uh, and certainly looking forward to that. And uh, as we said on the Moon Knight podcast, g- gotta tip my hat here to the Paramount, uh, you know, PR people, advertising people. They're doing a little bit of a different take here for the commercials. And if, if nothing else, it's different, which means it's cutting through the, the buzz of everything else. Perhaps
1: they heard us in our most recent Strange New Worlds podcast lament not enough about the other characters. Uh, so, yeah, they've put out a little commercial for each of them. We will dive on into that and discuss on a Strange New Worlds podcast this week.
0: Also, Pete, in the last couple days, uh, ahead of the release for all on Paramount+, Plus, uh, you have been able to enjoy the screener for the motion picture, director's cut, in 4K. How was it?
1: Uh, not in 4K.
0: Yeah, kind of weird that they... Sc- April Fool's! <laughs> <laughs> they didn't screen it in its fullest resolution. But here's the good news, Pete. All the rest of us on First Contact Day, uh, which is going to be uh, Tuesday the 5th, uh, that's when all will have access to Star Trek, the motion picture, the director's cut in 4K. And look, we all know what the weaknesses of the movie are. I think um, whether you're going to watch it all the way through without any fast-forwarding or not, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the complete... Robert Wise vision, you know, that they've remastered some things, they've completed effects for other things, and um I'm really looking forward to seeing it in 4K. Indeed. With that, Pete, let's head into the mission briefing.
1: An alarm buzzes for vector accumulator area exhaustion. I hate when I get that, reflected against the helmet of an astronaut. She contacts Houston, who tells her there's a Russian satellite collision and that there's orbital debris heading her way. Meanwhile, the supervisor and Picard materialize in her apartment. She's not Laris, and she doesn't know what a Q is. Her name is Talon, and she points a weapon at him. Aboard Shango, the astronaut is going to try an engine burn to move out of the way, but Houston tells her counter thrusters are offline. and She's told to brace for contact and then our cross-cutting back to Picard, telling Talon he's from the future and she doesn't like time travelers. He tells her his name, which seems to resonate with her.
0: Uh, the lady astronaut has survived this simulation. She, of course, has three days until the real thing, so an opportunity to get rid of those jitters back to Talon. Uh Pete, ever green is the podcast question. When they intercut between scenes like this, was that how it was intended all along? Did they find that both scenes maybe dragged a little bit? So they're gonna cross-cut. You know, this is this was a favorite tool in Agents of Shield. I'm not saying because the scenes didn't work, I'm just saying it it, it was a popular tool there uh regardless talon is explaining that she is devoted to protecting an individual protecting a great person who's part of the grand tapestry picard notes that neither talon nor the person uh that she's protecting um is a seems to be of great importance uh who is that person by the way it's renee picard his ancestor pete that was the renee picard that was just casually mentioned all the way back in the first episode and i I, A, uh, made the Star Trek faux pas assuming that it was Renee in the masculine, not Renee in the feminine. And Mm -hmm. second of all, that that got hidden there as throwaway dialogue. So good job, the show. We move to the credits, Pete, which include Issa Brionius, include Evan Evagora, along with the others, include, as a member of the cast, Brent Spiner. Uh, However, John Delancey getting the special guest star nod, which has me wondering, kind of off tangent, what's the difference between a... An occasionally recurring member of the cast and a special guest star who's been in there more than the special member of the cast. Regardless, Pete, the episode written by Cindy Apple and directed by uh, Star Trek newcomer Jonathan Frakes, if I'm saying that correctly.
1: La Serena's cloaking device shimmers at Chateau Picard. Inside, the Borg Queen is alone, but not lonely. She attempts to intercept local cellular tower frequencies, but the computer doesn't grant her authorization to her voice pattern. She tries as Jurati and Picard and is denied before Rios' voice does the trick. She tells the operator she'd like to call the labar Constabulary, constabulary <laughs> the constables. <laughs> en français, she tells the national police. A woman is being attacked, and there are screams coming from the Picard Vineyard. She's told to stay in place, and an officer is on the way.
0: On the other end of the world, Pete, where it is still daytime because that's the way it was in the Los Angeles portion of the story at the end of last episode. And this episode, some people complained online that it's always nighttime in France. But that's because it's been daytime in Los Angeles. And that's how, you know, spheroids in space facing stars work.
1: Yeah, these are also people complaining of woke. So Um, apparently they're not awake enough to know about, uh, you know, time. The sun rising and the cocks crow and all of that. Yeah, Yeah. It it makes you wonder, doesn't it?
0: Like, I must admit, I have not gone back and checked all five hours to make sure that the france and los angeles timelines work but i know that it definitely was daytime when uh whenever Rafi, it's
1: been yeah. it, it's been dark the entire time in france it's been light the entire time in california yeah so which
0: which is roughly how the sun works It tracks yeah <laughs> it,
1: it, it it tracks i i think we can credit this production production team with being professional and the uh the criticism monsters who strangely still watch Matt uh, with being incorrect yet again and uh, still slavishly turning it, tuning in
0: um, side note, I went down the click hole uh, about the enterprise J and how people complained bitterly about everything that was wrong with it. And the enterprise, you know, the star Trek enterprise team was like, but it's a spaceship from the far off future. Like that. We only see anyhow, Pete, Uh, on the other end of the world rafi is tracking the ice bus uh they of course can't beam him out says seven uh last week the excuse was because of the state of the transporters the story excuse the real excuse whatever uh for this time it'll ruin the timeline to just have a man disappear seven asks for the tricorder uh using the word please Uh, She clicks up an EMP while talking uh, about Rafi needing a target, you know, all the challenges in Rafi's life. Uh, Seven does indeed EMP the bus to a stop uh, when, when it's not in motion. That makes it vulnerable. Rios, meanwhile, tells those guys on the bus to be ready for something. His friends are coming. An ICE agent enters the cage area, which, Pete, I will buy because they've shown the ICE guys as being, you know, mean, I dare say there's probably some sort of security flowchart that says, you know, you don't unlock the cage in moments like the bus stops working because that... Here's the bottom line, Pete. Story-wise, because the guy unlocks the cage, that makes it possible for Rios to tangle with him, Rafi and Seven to take out the driver, and release the men, all without the need to then slow down the story to be like, wait, let's phaser open the door, but we can't phaser because of the timeline... Uh, it's all just working. These men are free, Pete, and I guess the time travel rules don't apply because now they're not being, you know, deported.
1: Pedro delivering the knockout blow. The tricorder, though, seeming to stun the driver?
0: Um, you know, I'd have to go back and take a look. Maybe Pete, he got a little bunk on the head. How about that? When the bus suddenly stopped.
1: No, he got hit with a pulse
0: from the triangle um the future i know this pete is is that elnor uh it's not
1: really elnor but it's evan Evan evangora uh for just a moment and raffi then realizes it's not uh and does not share that with seven the discussion before about her anger about elnor and her son, Gabe, seen in the first season here. Um, but Rafi acknowledges they need to keep moving.
0: And then Rios shares a moment with Pedro and wishes him well. We go back to Talon's place. Picard remembering, wait, there was somebody like this. Gary, Gary Seven, recruited by superior beings to be a supervisor. Um... Which is, I mean, I think we all kind of saw it coming, particularly after last week's podcast and whatnot. But tip of the hat here that they're going to, uh, as we have discussed before, going to this reference in Star Trek that really wasn't meant to be Star Trek. It was grafted on so that there could be, Gene Roddenberry could do something after the cancellation and all of that. But Picard wants to hear about Renee. We cut to Renee. Uh, speaking to a shrink, which is unambiguously cue. I, I, I don't fault the fact that John Delancey mm-hmm. has a beautiful voice and one that is well known since 1987 and all that, but even, even him if he masks it. Yeah.
1: as a German therapist, maybe uh, just having asked Renee about her mother. <laughs> um, but uh, the his beautiful head of white hair. Uh, and the heft of his body from behind lets us know it's him as well.
0: Uh, intercut with this conversation is Talon talking about how Renee was an expert sailor at 10, mastered chess at 11, studied fluid dynamics, went to university, got grabbed by NASA. But there's leave
1: out that Cantonese.
0: Listen, Pete, can one even boldly go into the Europa project without some Cantonese background? Uh, There's a melancholy to Renee, however. Anxiety, depression. Her mind burns brightly. Talon wonders uh, if she is indeed surviving. We hear Renee doubting herself and Talon wondering if Renee will be on the Europa mission after all. Uh, Footage is played for Picard. Renee says she feels like nothing matters and she feels numb. The therapist notes that fear can be your friend. Perhaps indeed you are not ready. Uh, Wait. Picard sees that the therapist is kind of talking her out of going on this mission. Show me the doctor. Wait a minute. It's Q. And uh, Picard noting that this little tug at that tapestry could be how Q changes the future. With that, Pete, speaking of the future, what are we going to cut to next?
1: An unseen scientist tells a panel, including episode three and four director, Leah Thompson, the potential of the human genome. He asks him to imagine he's a god as a Tesla navigates a twisting driveway to an expensive home on the Pacific where he enters an airlock and a young woman played by Issa Briones asks her father how it went and knows it was bad. He did the humanity is at a crossroads thing and it didn't take he tells Corey, his child, people are idiots. Dr. Diane Werner is the name of Thompson's character here. And she takes paper notes as the other two uh, on the panel have uh, Microsoft pads of some sort. Um, And she listens to him talk about a world free of genetic defects, the father, promises his daughter someday soon she'll get to step outside and meet some morons herself. How soon? He's almost there. As he draws her blood, she tells him when she can finally go outside, she wants to learn to swim and see nothing but sunlight hitting the pool and breathe ocean air. He tells her he'll do anything to make that happen, as his test results report a critical failure with a 99.83 certainty of death of the subject as he watches his daughter sleep. Dr. Werner confronts Dr. Soong about running privatized experiments with a military organization spearhead operations, Matt, another 12 Monkeys reference. Ex-soldiers, unmonitored, unregulated, and illegal. We see on the table that the man sitting to uh, Dr. Werner's right, uh, the Asian man, is identified as Dr. Vasily Reschenko. Uh,
0: That's a good catch there. Pete, I'm also realizing this is the third scene of the episode that's using cross-cutting between two related but not the same issues like I'm not counting the ice bus because we're at the ice bus we're either outside it or inside it from a camera perspective so look there's nothing wrong with this episode this is a perfectly fun episode I'm starting to to suspect that maybe part of the reason that this is the shortest episode of 15 episodes of Star Trek Picard it might be because they felt there was some sluggishness to it and thus it has led to you know here we are what about halfway through the episode and a number of these scenes have been mishmashed together um ultimately though in this scene uh it's repeated again that soong is trying to find a cure for his child uh and um he he's been been prevented from doing any more research pete i think we might hear more from the soongs in the future um and of Of course, because we're cross-cutting, he's now back at home thinking about how this happened before, but just happened to us. Uh, Then his computer, Matrix-style almost, reads, I can help. Uh, There's a quick scan and a quick file sent to his 3D printer, which sends him something that I think required the dialogue for him to say, it's a cue, because it didn't exactly look like a cue to me.
1: Well, we've seen it in the credit sequence for five weeks and now fully know what it is. Um, That symbol appearing there on the Q card uh, along with a phone number, Matt.
0: Uh, Yeah, the phone number works. Uh, This is completely unscripted. I don't know know if you want me to call it right now, but it was a, a fun little fact that the real world, this real world number worked.
1: I called it very early Wednesday morning.
0: You know what? Let me punch it in right now. Here we go. Hello. You have reached the Q Continuum. We are unable to get to the phone right now because we are busy living in a plane of existence. Your feeble mortal mind cannot possibly comprehend. Furthermore, it's pointless to leave a message because we, of course, already knew that you would call. And we simply do not care.
1: Have a nice day. I can't imagine past the glee in his voice to record the message how excited John Delancey must have been to add that to his performance. This is a guy who, for the past year, has gone out of his way to provide fans with insight with the complete and total disrespect for Paramount Plus's PR wing and. I'm here for it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it it is a rare treat when phone numbers work. I know Lost did it. I know The Office did it. Um, It's just that that extra little bit of fun. It's really it's going. I mean, it's not on the one hand, it's not that difficult to secure a phone number and to put you know a a recording on there, but to just say, hey, we're committing to this is is great fun. Uh, We go back to La Bar, where a local a, a local police. Man is searching Officer the ship. Officer Leclerc. Indeed. Um, Leclerc radios back and says no activity. He hates the countryside. He smokes un cigarette. Let, uh,
1: let's smoke. <laughs>
0: uh, he looks outside where the cloaked ship is shimmering, uh, which coincidentally pulls him away from further searching the house where Gerardi sleeps. Uh, Leclerc goes into the ship saying this can't be real. He hears a woman crying out for him. We know it's a trap. Hurry, she says. We still know it's Queenie up on the second level. Um, It's actually a good use. I know this is a two-story set, and it's shown as such much of the time, but it's kind of rare for them to enter on the bottom level and go up the stairs and all that. So it's a nice use of the set in that regard. Uh, The the woman, Queenie, says, follow my voice. Uh, he, he, He falls when he sees her. She notes a nicotine addiction and spears him with a tentacle.
1: Yes, she can help him with that and gave him something to smoke. Sung meets in a restaurant with Q, who hacked his network and teased him with data about the exact problem he's trying to solve. They made Brent Spiner say data. (laughs) And that's what I was thinking too, you know, to get these two performers to share the screen again after um, almost 30 years. Uh, In a public setting of this restaurant, was, uh, there's no other word for it, Matt, delicious. Um, Soon gets all kinds of crackpots from uh, basement-dwelling Nazis to rich heiresses who wanted to clone there cats contacting him about his work q tells him uh he seems to have taken time for granted of late and now uh she's threatening to abandon him uh but see that right there that's that crackpot talk sung threatens to leave and q tells him in 17 seconds he's going to take a seat right there because he drove an hour to meet a stranger because he's a father and he's desperate right to the tick.
0: Uh, and indeed Soong sits uh, Soong says that he will kill Q. If he thinks there's a threat and Q likes that Q is death destroyer of worlds and a big fan. Q knows that Soong's daughter has little time left uh, and there's no time nor funding made available to help her. Uh, But Q can give him this, this little ampule with blue liquid. Uh, If you like it, give Q a call. Uh, Pete, hopefully in two years' time, that phone number will work. (laughs) I guess that's why Q secured it back prior to 2024, right? Uh, We go back to Talon, uh, who who wonders why wouldn't Q just snap away uh, the ship, uh, the Europa Project ship, which I had not stopped to think about. And I guess if nothing else, it's an acknowledgement of the problems you have when you have an un- an an un- omnipotent character. Picard has no answers, which I kind of like. Like I don't know, this is Q's weirdo game attempt thing. So it's kind of acknowledging that this is that this is not the easiest route for Q to take, and maybe we're going to get answers on it, or maybe it's just going to be. There's
1: also the dramatic irony that they're unaware he's trying to snap. And the unexpected
2: difficulty,
0: right, right. Um, it, it is perhaps implied that Q is making such a small change that maybe no one, like the rest of the continuum, will notice. Uh, Picard's mission: prevent Renee from quitting in the next fifteen hours. Uh, but they can't just zap her or zonk her. She has a gala tonight. There's going to be press donors. A big to do before the pre-launch quarantine happens. Uh, Picard's going to contact his crew and it's time for his team and the supervisor to all help.
1: He tells her that though she's protected Renee for 24 years, she needs to be strategic about this and they need to help each other. Back at Chateau Picard, the queen calls for Jurati as she has a surprise for her. Gerardi eyes a shotgun on the mantle and toots it into the ship where she finds the queen with her police captive. She claims she's helping her, but she admits she's helping them. The queen tells her she could take his body, but it's Gerardi she really wants. She references her loneliness as her fate to be forever invisible but the queen could change all that and make her completely loved if they joined and gerardi fires.
0: Uh, with that, we cut to soon who is analyzing the ampule. Uh, it says it's a hundred percent effective and stable. Uh, he looks at daughter uh, Corey out uh, and then outside. He's ready to try it on her. She trusts him and injects herself The protective drone field is pulled away, and she feels real sunlight. She swims in real water. She's almost got the hang of this swimming thing. Everything is great. She asks about her mother, which seems to stun uh, soon. I don't know if that's a story thread for the future. Uh, He recovers and says, Mom, swam like a mermaid. Um, But who is this colleague who has helped? And, oh, wait, oh, no, she hurts now. The drone field returns as her face is disfigured. And her eyes turn red and uh i don't know how much of her illness was computer generated versus practical makeup but it definitely is quite a sight that i think reminds us that even though we kind of tend to not trust soongs um this is a serious condition for his daughter
1: and sympathetic nonetheless rafi rios and seven beam back aboard la Serena to find gerardi covered in someone else's blood she thinks she's just killed the their only way home, and the Borg Queen's head is bowed behind her. Officer Leclerc lays on the table alive because Girardi intervened and repaired most of his internal organs, except his spleen, which is in box over there. She hated shooting her. Uh, in the organic tissue at the base of the cerebellum, but that's all it took because she's as vulnerable as they are. Seven knows a few billion souls who might disagree. And Jurati, uh erased Leclerc's memory, but they need to get him to his car.
0: Uh, and as they are preparing to do that, Talon and Picard transport in. Picard speaking so highly of his team. Uh, they, on the second level, looking down, as as the crew is dragging this cop out that cop not dead there's some explanation uh we'll give it to you come on pete a nice moment of levity um it's really just well served uh i don't want to say it's tonally different than the rest of the show but it's it's a nice contrast to you know some of the more serious things going on here
1: listen if they're gonna reach for baby the lamest of original series references and Gary seven uh, that pans out all these years later, because they're making it pan out to the point where Orla Brady taking to social media this week to say she might be a cat. um, Then this can work.
0: Yeah. I it's, it's such a fun inclusion. Uh, we go back to uh, Soong looking at Corey. Uh, he says that he's ready to deal anything to Q if there's a real cure. Uh, Q uh, says yes, so what's needed? Q has recently discovered that he has limitations, so Soong must remove an obstacle. Do you know the name Picard? Uh, from one Picard, we cut to another uh, who is not uh, talking about how Laris and Talon look so similar. Uh, Instead, all are watching the Rene Picard video. And Jean-Luc says uh, what was experienced in the future was uh, the changes in the timeline, the changes that are being perpetrated here and now. He reflects on the wild inconsistencies and general craziness of the 21st century, uh, and indeed the whole century leading up to first contact. So Pete, we could take solace in that, that in the Star Trek 21st century future, there's still is going to be the nuclear horrors and all that. So thank goodness we don't have any concerns about that in our real world here. <laughs> not, um, not,
1: not enough to deal with. But all that's known about Renee is she discovered a microorganism on Io she believed was sentient and convinced Mission con- uh, Control Command to bring back to Earth. They're going to monitor her at this gala, assess threats, and guide her all with an invisible hand, Talon adds. Um, uh, Picard says the queue is unpredictable and a threat, uh, but Talon tells them they have another problem in that they weren't invited. Rios asks why they can't just transport in, Uh, but it's a maximum security function, and each guest is issued a radio frequency invite that provides uh, a corresponding... Uh, database entry of their entire life history we cross cut again here during the explanation of the plan as renee is scanned in and her uh, passport is shown with a birthday of july 1st 1996 the year star trek first contact uh hit screens and is approved
0: I very much like this portion of the story. I feel like the whole RFID tag thing, while not... I don't know that that's used as special party invite high security. Like, I don't know that that's actually in practice in our world. I feel like all the pieces make sense. And if you did want to do, like, it's NASA, super high tech, also super, you know, quasi-military security. Like, it all tracks using jargon and things that we understand now um indeed we cut to jaradi uh of course being sent in not the ex-spy not the ranger jaradi being the one sent in being scanned uh impressive dress and all of that um we have renee doubting herself jaradi radios in um and look i know they're obviously setting up uh the dramatic reveal that she's caught on purpose but in the moment The fact that we are so used to all our heroes, our Star Trek heroes, our Marvel heroes, our anybody heroes, our, our mission impossible heroes. They have the earpiece and they just talk to themselves. And we take that for granted. The fact that security here at the gala sees someone talking to herself. They're immediately saying, Oh, it's some sort of, she's got a radio. She's communicating out. Like it's a great kind of deflation of the normal. I have the hidden radio thing. Um, And just like that, she's, Cuffed and identified as a crasher. Um, but uh, it's at this point that she thinks back to the queen uh, and being told that she was all alone. Pete, take us further back to the past.
1: Yes, where she had the uh, audacity to shoot the Borg queen, who then weaves her web, Matt. Of course, because they've shared a partial assimilation, she feels. The queen dying within her and is talked into proximity to get her face touched, which the queen injects with her nanotechnology. Back in the surveillance room where the female security guard is worried this woman is from Newport Beach and is going to sue them. There's bigger problems because the uh, not visible to everyone else queen applauds Gerardi's clever little plan to get captured on purpose as Picard, unaware, calls for her on comms.
0: Pete, with an incoming threat analysis, let's talk about the mysterious Talon with two L's and two N's. Pulls
1: a gun here on Picard, this supervisor now uh by name connected to gary seven but you know we're we're unsure fully of our ability to trust her yes she has um you know goals that seem to align with picard and his crew but at the end of the day she's gonna do everything to keep renee picard's destiny on course and We all know it can't be this simple, That it's not just about Renee; hence the Soong storyline emerging in this episode.
0: I think, too, it's also a great use of Orla Brady. I guess we'll talk in theories as to Mm -hmm. how that impacts Laris and all of that. But insofar as, you know, I mean, both seasons of Picard have had a little bit of a wink and a nod in terms of like, oh, look. Uh, A.I. Soong from last season is played by Brent Spiner. Like all these people look so much like Brent Spiner. There's never any divergence of it and, you know, and no Soji? one complains. <laughs> uh, yeah, same thing. Yeah. A number
1: um, of characters. I mean, who's played more at this point? Issa Briones or Brent Spiner?
0: <laughs> it's got to be a race because Brent, uh, Brent Spiner had the original Dr. Soon and Lore and Assume an enterprise and assume here i mean regardless it's you know we, we don't judge those things too too much um so to bring orla brady back too just kind of makes sense um we have here pete both the death of the borg queen so now no longer a physical threat but even worse now the the devil on jurati's shoulder and we know it but nobody up on stage does if you will
1: the unseen influence perhaps more dangerous than the one we could see i don't think any of us doubted the survivor that the borg queen is she is the one she is the many she's everywhere that she was going to find a way out of that predicament fully expect that she'll get uh, she'll be a real girl and, and get legs again at some point. But for right now, you know, she's hanging out in Girati and we're going to see how that unfolds.
0: There was an anecdote over the weekend from uh, the convention circuit uh, that uh, no one aside from Alison Pill saw Annie Wersling out of makeup um, yes. for the entire season. So Sir
1: Patrick ran into her and it was, uh, oh my God, that's you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm glad that that anecdote came out after this episode because clearly we're going to get even more Borg and Gerardi stuff at the same time. So the potential for like, and this is how it, I would look when I was human or you know, something like that. Um, I guess it also speaks to the amount of whatever we're going to get of the Borg Queen that's ahead. Um, it'll be more of her in the Borg Queen appearance. Ah, uh, Pete, probably exiting the show for good was Officer Morris, uh, the ice guy, who I think we're we're glad to see uh, no more of. He got his comeuppance, and of course, it uh,
1: really upset all the uncles on social media who view uh, those types um not ah uh, law enforcement not people of an organization but the morrises as you know the most identifiable people on the show
0: oh boy uh pete q um further explored here as both puppet master and i don't know that it's necessarily new new information that his powers are on the way in but we're kind of seeing seeing the evidence of that statement um and again i think insofar as there's a bit of a you know, Superman and Krypton, Kryptonite problem with Q in terms of without something to limit him, then he can just do whatever all the time. Uh, I like that. Increasingly, it's clear that they've come up with an arc for Q where he gets to be in every episode with these reduced powers, uh, but full John Delancey power.
1: And I think it's all part of a misdirect. I'm prepared to lay out in our next segment.
0: Uh and then Pete. Unfortunately, new on the list is Girati, who now I guess we will have trouble trusting um, until she's somehow freed of the Borg Queen uh, infiltration in her mind.
1: Well, the whole thing about her mind and the potential that lies within to have somebody who's seen the things that he has in Jean-Luc Picard praise the ability of her brain, and now to go, you know, mana a mana with the Borg Queen up in her chrome dome here, uh, it's going to be something to
0: behold. Let's set those long range sensors to scan for some theories. So, Pete, let me get you on the record here. Is Talon or something connected to Laris? Is Laris a supervisor, a friend from the past, from the people who watch? Or, yeah, I guess that, are those two characters who look alike connected and not connected? Because we love Brent Spiner, and he's back to play another guy who's connected to the dataverse.
1: Right. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, why would you have? Um, Issa Briones play uh, Corey Soong. Um, I, I do think there's more To it and then we have a secondary Conversation where Raffi brings it Up and Picard notes that it's creepy And doesn't want to talk about it Only you know loads That importance Further so I think it's just not something We're meant to
0: fully understand Right now but do you think? Do you think they are setting up their? Do you think they're setting up a resolution to it, or is it in that category of, well, of course, Soong's daughter is going to look like the daughter that other Soong or Soong type androids will make. Like, which do you think it is? So, what
1: if the divergence, Matt, isn't Renee?
0: I think that's possible um it also would have the story coziness of if it's not renee then it's you know star trek's brent spiner returns in another important role um is it fair to say that q as both uh,
1: a being as an omnipotence is higher up than a borg queen i would
0: say so yeah
1: okay so, what if this is all about manipulating so that Gerardi, with the Borg Queen inside her, is going to come across
0: Corey soon? Hmm. So, that the idea that Gerardi, that's an interesting perspective I had not considered, that it's their presence there and Gerardi is part of it. I'm inclined to think that that could be. However, you know, when in doubt, I always think of the pacing of a season. We're halfway through. We're getting back to the 25th century, surely by episode 210. Okay, there still was the Borg threat, Stargazer, etc. Maybe 209 we get back. Just point being, I think the Los Angeles of the 21st century stuff, we might get for, let's say, three more episodes, plus or minus minus. A half hour um in those three episodes of tv if indeed that is the correct number are they going to go for renee is the the thread soon is the thread or also we needed to bring back Gerardi and the board queen in order to so on and so forth so i'm going to vote no on that one just for story economy but now that said if it's actually four episodes if it's four and a half episodes if the stargazer stuff is actually set up for season three and we're only going to get there in the last 20 minutes of 210 and go borg queen understand us look we come with peace and it's revealed to be borg queen tasha yar or whatever <laughs> it is like that, that 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 juicy stuff from episode one is only going to return really next season um and with a little bit of resolution this season then maybe there is more story time to do it
1: well, I know entirely too much about the next episode, so I got to be really careful. Um, but I, I think the roboticist in Gerati and, you know, the woman who looks like Soji, a, a Soong ancestor, I think that's all entirely too interconnected to be, you know, just coincidence and, and happenstance. Um, how about the inclusion, albeit briefly, once mentioned in dialogue? and then, boom, uh Rafi
0: seems to see Elmore. I mean, I was not expecting the potential for Rafi to be having um, mental health issues, particularly since so much of the beginning of this season, as we've said before, is is a repilot. Yes, she had the family stuff um last season. I guess I had kind of assumed that that had been swept away <laughs> in part of the great the great flood that kept and swept away so much of the first season for it to kind of be you know missing her son. She always needs a problem to solve. Elnor was the latest problem. I mean, it's certainly it's welcome to have Evan Eva Gora show up here um if it's being done to set up, you know, more of Rafi's troubles, okay, great. If it's being done instead to um, remind us of Rafi having this want, like, no, 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 I think we remember that that really nice, that really nice young man that's like, and I'm going to go Star Trek now. Uh, by the way, Pete, I saw pointed out online just this past week. Uh, good news, Elnor graduated the four years of the Academy in the one year since season one in season two. So Pete, he's so bright. He's so eager. He didn't don't...
1: graduate. It's part of the program to put them on ships. Not True.
0: True. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um uh but regardless, I I didn't need to be reminded of Raf, uh, pardon me, reminded of Elnor dying and all of that to remember that he died. Um so yeah, I don't I don't know what quite to make of it
1: is um Talon going to wind up on a rocket gantry preventing a launch
0: like Gary 7 <laughs> um or maybe on a rocket gantry allow like you know like preventing those who might stop it from launching that would be really that would be really really fun um again i feel like suddenly here we are at the second half of the season um i don't know how much time they are dedicating towards any of this stuff i would agree that the europa launch seems to be pretty set in stone not just in terms of like the star trek chronology but i think it's something that we're going to see on this show and you know cut to you know cut to um picard at santa monica pier and they're all looking up as the rocket goes up, and people are in the crowd in general, like "woo, yippee!" And then Picard is able to look at his crew and kind of give them the nod, like "friends, we've done it, we've achieved it," that kind of thing. Um, so I would say that that I would say that seeing the launch on screen is definitely going to happen.
1: What's up
0: with Q and Picard family fear? In terms of what Q being much afraid of the Picard family.
1: No, with he's discussed it with Renee as posing as ah, the yes. therapist. He's discussed it with Jean Luc at you know tremendous length. Um, it would seem to be something heavily related to what he's doing.
0: I wonder if perhaps it is the Star Trek reflection of the times that we are in now. Uh, and maybe just a general reflection um, in these 50 plus years of Star Trek, the role that the role that fear can play to motivate people to act um, against the Star Trek ideal. You know, it's very easy to drop, to drop a fear bomb of some sort or another and say, look, now it is us versus them. Now there's the excuse for us to not uh, work together and so forth. So maybe, maybe that's the commentary, um, which is not, you know kind of the the center of this season it's not you know dealing with your fear In, in part because we kind of got in this past season of discovery we ostensibly got nature and space is giving us a scary thing that we can't stop it's the dma slash covid um if maybe the decision was all right let's not hit that stuff quite so heavily in this season of picard but it's in the background that you know fear can take us off the path that we know is is the best one that's a commentary that I think is very Star Trek,
1: so Q wants something from soon. He has this obstacle. Does he want to alter Picard's genes
0: from the past? Possibly again, again, I feel like it's more it's it's more simple. It's the rocket launch. will it will, or, or will it not happen? And along the way, we're going to include Brent Spiner and Issa Briones in a story way that makes sense. Um, but I also would agree, like, the 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 Soong stuff is interesting and it's delightful to see Brent Spiner back, but it's not necessarily directly tied to will or will not Rene Picard feel the confidence to be part of the the, the launch and all of that. So it's a story point worth keeping an eye on. The force
1: field drones that prevent the uh, ultraviolet rays from uh, killing um, young Corey there, they look a lot like the force field in
0: the dark future. And that's got to be intentional, right? That's got to be... Um, and not Same, just intention
1: you know you, yeah. you could have done it with another hue it's that orange hue and then it's octagonal and
0: yeah um yeah and, and certainly you know insofar as we are it's being proposed that there's a path uh from this divergent future to the diverged 25th century to me that all tracks with that pete let's open hailing frequencies
2: frequencies
0: open, sir. We go to our Twitter poll, Pete, uh, in which people were asked to describe what color captured the episode. Uh, the bottom one was one. Blue door crying emoji got 4%. Uh, double red dresses got 36%. And then triple tricolor, that's right, the flag of France got 60%. Some replies uh, we heard from James the Sagacious that's at Big Killing on Twitter. Uh, so the Borg Queen is a real Karen. Also, apparently, Picard's great aunt is going to discover midichlorians. So it's all connected. <laughs> uh, next, we hear from Noel Gardner at Noel Camille. Great episode. I love when people come from the future and a hard task is super easy. I learned to hack super secure systems in grade school. What's going on with Q's power? Will he end up needing Picard? Ooh, Pete, we had not discussed that as a theory. Is Can that somehow be put into the mix here that he will say, mon capitaine, my friend, help me.
1: I mean, if ever Q would need to turn to somebody, it would have to be Jean-Luc Picard when it wasn't Catherine Janeway, right? Or, <laughs> of course. Or Benjamin Sisko. <laughs>
0: Uh, we hear from Make It So, that's at K-C-L-Y-L-E-1. Well, this episode answered a few questions, poses more questions, and showed us how diabolical half a board Queen can be. Any chance Agnes isn't the future board Queen? Of course. Could still be anyone, and uh, this is all misdirection. Poor Rafi, really feeling for her. Great episode. I will say, Pete, um, there is some audio evidence to suggest that the voice of the board the the masked board queen in episode one is the same voice as maman, but that does not mean that it is maman. uh in fact if anything i would agree with uh make it so here that it's increasingly likely that it is agnes in the board queen um mask on the stargazer bridge it's
1: all gonna come out in the wash eventually
0: next or the sonic shower uh, next, we hear from Andre Yeager at Dr. Polo 1983. Show is still moving along in a nice clip. Rios was rescued quickly, and Picard got to the bottom of his problem quickly. Now can we move on to what is Q's real agenda, and where are his powers? Nice seeing, quote-unquote, data again, and what does Q really want with him? I knew something had happened to Gerardi when they cut the camera after she pulled the trigger. Can't wait to see where that situation goes. The Borg are always plotting something. Keep it coming, hashtag Picard. Indeed, Pete, I'll I'll piggyback off what Andre had to say uh, and I'll point out that clearly they intentionally, it wasn't, yeah, intentionally they were setting up the cross cut at the end of the episode to reveal that it's, you know, it's been the board queen all along it's the board queen on her shoulder that kind of thing but it's only like the fifth or sixth cross cut scene of the episode so i think maybe some evidence of some further rescuing in the edit here uh next we hear from jt adkins jta is me another great uh on twitter another great episode i'm entirely rooting for agnes to be the only person who can ultimately overcome assimilation through the power of her brain who would have thought early in season one that she'd be a frontline catalyst in multiple ways. Hashtag team Agnes also says JT. I'm betting that Corey Soong is obviously is an obviously altered clone of her father. Thus Adam's odd look when she spoke of her absent mother, perhaps all the Soongs are clones An in-story explanation of them all having Brent Spiner's face as well as the source of her condition. Um, That's a good theory there. That is I, it, really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's also kind of, um there's a basic level that it's creepy um yes which works to it i mean works to it too for as much as we're like oh poor dr soong just trying to save his kid which i think we can all get behind that the notion of like and it's the kid where he then and dot 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 and then he was making change it like it's that's that's just fantastic there jt uh we hear from spider ham lincoln at tess lc 139 questions quandaries quests queens and q This episode was better than the last. I'm glad the gang's mostly back together. Nice to see Issa Briones again playing Alton Soong's inspiration for Soji, etc. Looking forward to Talon's assignment on Earth. Hugh (laughs) is acting crazier than his usual self, and the suspicion that Agnes is the next board Queen grows with each chapter. We're halfway done with the series. Uh, JT Atkins replies, we're halfway done. Um, Spider-Ham Lincoln replied, 10 episodes per season. Three seasons total. Wow, I hadn't. He's absolutely right. We're fifteen episodes through the thirty. Yeah. Um, and Jt Atkins replied, "You're not wrong. I just don't want it to end." Next, we hear from Rose Ferry and Rose five eight four on Twitter. I am distraught about uh, Agnes letting the Queen play on her self esteem and loneliness. She is strong enough to fight back. I hope. Rafi seeing Elnor show us how fragile she is. This is taking a toll on the team, Picard. Pete Rose has put a thought in my head. We've seen once before how um Gerardi kind of outmatched the board queen like you thought you were doing this, but actually I was hacking you and I took your brain files. Could the board queen devil on the shoulder? Could that be Gerardi letting her in to then further checkmate her or is this like a real problem?
1: Wait for the triple cross.
0: Oh boy. Uh, next, we hear from Jackie Wolf. That's at Jackie Wolf on Twitter. Uh, the way Pedro knocked out the ICE agent, I'm wondering if he's not Captain James T. Kirk's great, 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 et cetera, <laughs> grandfather. Hashtag Kirkfoo. Uh, and lastly, Pete, we hear from Snow Goggles, that's at Snow Goggles, saying, this series is crushing it. Hey, Pete, what do you have over there on Facebook? Uh,
1: Mark A. Schmidt writes into our post for episode 204, Watcher, loved the movie touchback details left out for spoilers no doubt referring to the uh, reappearance of uh, punk rock boombox guy robert t frost uh, responded to a comment he had left on our facebook page uh, just one more thing on another rewatch of uh, he's talking about episode 204 um, at the end, when Q is watching and narrating the young woman, he clicked on the x-ray tab, uh, for that time in the episode, he's on his fire stick there. The background name is Penelope Mitchell and her character's name is Renee Picard. So he had noticed that before Ooh. we had been, uh, given the, the name.
0: So he saw the future coming.
1: He did see it coming Indeed.
0: Uh, impressive stuff there uh we now go to our gmail where we heard uh again from stacy that's uh aka stingray aka trek girl on twitter stacy says hi matt and pete thanks again for the shout out on twitter yesterday uh which was a couple days ago at this point because of time uh time lensing and the gravitational field and all that (laughs) welcoming communities like this are part of why i stay on twitter i shouldn't be surprised at how good the picard cast is I have seen season one of Picard, TNG, and Voyager, but this cast seems to get better and better. Brent Spiner and John Delancey's scenes were so good. We can all understand why Soong is making the choices he is, even if we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't uh, illegally and unethically run experiments on soldiers. I work in a cancer treatment hospital, and all I could think uh, when Dr. Werner said what Soong was doing was, uh, informed consent, informed consent. Getting proper consent for trials is very important. Michelle Hurd's portrayal of Rafi seems so real. Grief sometimes does manifest as anger. I can totally relate to her wanting to just hit or blow up everything. Though I'm worried her confidence uh, that fi- I'm, I'm worried her confidence that fixing the timeline will bring Elnor back is just going to cause her to screw something up. Seven was able to talk her down from charging the bus, but I don't think that's going to work next time Rafi is ramped up. I knew Queenie's. Crap, I stole from Agnes' folder was going to come back and bite Gerardi but oh, wow, I didn't expect this. It's going to be bad, but it's also going to be so good. As always, looking forward to your thoughts. And next week, Pete, that from Stacy.
1: The humanization of Rafi that Michelle Hurd brings to her, I can't really envision another actress playing her. And I, I think that's the ultimate compliment um, she just does such a great job. And, you know, did you need Elnor in this episode? You didn't. You could have just mentioned him. Hey, bring uh, Evan in for a day, quick, get him in the ears. Boom. All right, I'll make him look like this guy here. It, it continues to enhance the journey her character is on and her motivation to bring him back.
0: Well said there, Pete. And now let's hear from Admiral Fred of the
2: Netherlands. Hello Matt and Pete and all listeners to Fantastic Geek, this is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Star Trek Picard Season 2 Episode 5 I gave this episode a 7 on IMDB, a little less than previous episodes because I have quite some problems with using actors in kind of new roles don't let me be misunderstood. I really like these actors and the roles they play, but it's just because of the story. So having Isa Briones as Core Soong. Okay, that they use Brent Spiner as an ancestor of Dr. Noonien Soong as Adam Soong is still more or less okay. Having Orla Brady without Romulan ears as the watcher called Tallinn. Uh, bit too much the creators have to come with a very very good story to convince me that this is all logical and also a little weak here was when the Borg Queen was calling for the local French police that uh, a police officer just went into a semi cloaked spaceship on his own but okay we need that for the story Furthermore, I have to make a remark as a geneticist. The watcher tells Jean-Luc Picard that René Picard is one of his ancestors, whereas later on Rios makes the remarks about one of Picard's great aunts. Well, you're not a descendant of your great aunt, but on the other hand, this is Rios. He always makes statements that are fuzzy and not completely accurate and half a joke. Having Agnes Tirati being assimilated more or less is of course a very teasing story. I thought this would be the end of any worshiping as the Borg Queen in Picard, but since uh, Agnes is obviously imagining her, she will probably be around. Which is nice, I've only found it very silly that Agnes came so close to the Borg Queen and let her touch her. But okay, we just need that for the story, which is quite appealing. I really wonder if we will see Guinan back in the old or the younger version. Would be nice. Going to this gala reminded me a little bit of the season 1 episode Stardust City Rag. Okay, that will be all for this time. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands.
1: Yes, also a fifth episode, Stardust City Rag, Fred. So maybe there's a little bit more going on to that. His point uh, and, you know, Fred's expertise as a geneticist um, with the whole idea about uh picard and what rio said the great aunt i immediately thought of that i'm like but how would he know that oh yeah it is just rios and he's he's talking out of his behind
0: fred refers to agnes as having been assimilated i had not i had not put it that strongly in my own mind um what are your thoughts, Pete? And I'm certainly not disagreeing with Fred's analysis. I, I, I want to be clear. I'm just saying, in terms of the degree of which, the degree in which the Borg Queen has taken over, I would, I had not thought to call it having been assimilated. Pete, would you consider would would security officer Pete, would Captain Pete of Starfleet <laughs> consider Agnes as having been compromised or assimilated at this point? She's
1: compromised. She's not fully assimilated. It's kind of like. Um, you know, by degrees. And what did we set up early on? A partial assimilation procedure, not all the way Picard would pull her out. Um, To whatever degree the Borg queen needs to ride inside her, hence no enhancements, hence no visible... Implants, uh, you know, again, what story needs to serve? Matt, you know, Seven and Picard were assimilated, right? Uh, So was Tuvok, so was Paris, and they were unassimilated.
0: Pete, I can't believe we are halfway through the season, and of course the entire season-long journey made possible by those who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek.
1: Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of levels to contribute at, but it takes just a dollar to get you through that door. Can't contribute this month. Please get yourself over to Apple podcast. Leave us a rating on the Picard podcast by fantastic geek. Any of our star Trek podcast, any of our podcasts in general, moon Knight could also you know, use a a quick boost from your finger there, gets us in front of the most possible eyes.
0: Pete, let's keep the Star Trek conversation going. After all, Pete, uh, with Picard episode 205 in uh, in, in the hopper here, we only have 14 more weeks of live action Star Trek between Star Trek Picard and Strange New World. So, Time moving through the hourglass, much like the hourglass that we see in the credits of Star Trek Picard. So how can people be in touch with you to talk on Twitter?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P I E T E R J K D L R K 12,447 followers. Can't (sighs) be wrong.
0: And while I'm personally on Twitter is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are fantastic geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more! Facebook.com slash fantastic geek with the PH,
1: all one word, like
0: it today. Over on our pop culture podcast feed, we're settling into the moon night, Saturday, Picard Sunday uh, pattern. Uh, surely this month, Pete, we may be. Uh, can we surely maybe do something how about this mystery ahead at some point we'll be talking a bit more about ms marvel obi-wan kenobi uh and other future things also pete who knows what else paramount plus will reveal on tuesday first contact day or maybe it'll just be star trek the motion picture because they actually don't really acknowledge star trek as a thing other than to make them money but i don't know pete i know that the future is as of yet unwritten but for now I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Something
1: that's not moving is vulnerable.